Hey, welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. I'm excited uh, to be back. It doesn't seem like I went anywhere, but uh, because I did take a vacation away from everything a couple weeks ago, I did the episodes basically one day after another. So from my perspective, it's been a while since I've recorded uh, an episode, although I realize for you, nothing has changed. You've been continuing to get them every Friday here. But for me, I'm happy to be back. And for what I'm going to talk about here, I actually found it pretty interesting. And I always find if you've ever taken any of my uh, courses that I offer, I try to bring as much research and science and statistics into things. That way, you know that I'm not just randomly pulling what I'm trying to teach or what I'm trying to show out of thin air. I'm trying to show, hey, you know, it, it's worked for me. And it's not because I'm anything special or I did anything unique. It's because, well, according to science, you know, according to statistics, according to, you know, sociology or psychology, this is this is why it worked for me because it, it does work for a lot of other people if you actually do what, well, science says you should do, right? Science says you probably shouldn't jump out of a building without a parachute on or without something soft below because, well, there's this thing called gravity and gravity will pull you to the ground until you stop. And the problem is when you stop, you know, when you jump out of a building, it's just not a pretty sight. So, I mean, science, that I don't know if that's the best analogy for what I'm trying to get across here, but science, studies, psychology, sociology, all that stuff matters. Um, and I like to uh, you know, bring that up uh, and bring that into things and just learn from it whenever possible. And that's what we have here uh, from, um, they call it, I guess, uh, this is coming from CNBC, uh, The Science of Success. And the title, I've been a millennial therapist for more than five years, and this is their number one complaint. And I've read through the article, so it's not one of these past episodes where I kind of just read through it for the first time here, and it's kind of, I give my thoughts as I go, but it actually makes me feel much better about things I've already been doing, and from for my from my other business perspective, it, it just, it really makes a whole lot of sense, and uh, by no means am I trying to, you know, push you in that direction or anything, but my other business has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the, the, the financial markets and trading and investing in them and all that good stuff. And especially from the active trading perspective, the statistics out there imply that, yeah, a whole lot of people fail, which doesn't make a, a lot of sense when you look at it from, well, there's so much free stuff on the internet. There's YouTube, there's social media, there's blogs, there's the good old fashioned library. So there's just all sorts of free information out there about you know trading the markets actively. So you would think, well, there's so much free information. Now, of course, that would never guarantee that 100% of people are gonna succeed, but the, the statistics suggest that only 10% succeed. So think about that. All this free information out there, yet only 10% succeed. That hopefully that doesn't really quite make sense because you would think that it, would, it wouldn't be that wide by a long shot. But then looking through this, and this is kind of what I've always tried to tell people is listen, I, I get it, I've been down that rabbit hole and that's why when I got into real estate investing, I, I, you know, I, I poured a good, just shy of $5,000 into investing into courses and, and all sorts of stuff so I could learn in a structured way. So basically I could avoid what this article is talking about in one of its facets, again, on what is pretty much uh, you know, the, the millennials' biggest complaint. And this is not me uh, ragging on millennials. I, I think, I know plenty of great millennials. I'll just put it that way. Um, so, and every generation has bad apples. 
So this will not be me just saying all oh, millennials are the worst generation ever or anything like that. No, there's a great, I think I'm even a millennial. I'm on like the tail end, some ranges I'm a millennial. In fact, I've seen some where I'm nothing. Like what? it's millennials and then who, who came, I, I don't remember, what is it? Generation X or something or Z or, I know I'm not a baby boomer, but point being, I was born in 1983. So depending on the list and depending on how you see it defined, I'm a millennial in some cases, in other cases I'm not. And like I said, in a couple of lists I've seen, somehow 83 is like literally the year that gets skipped over, which uh, I always kind of laugh about and I guess find unique about myself. But um, point being, I'm not here to say millennials are the, you know, the scum of the earth or, or anything crazy like that. So picking up with the article, let me start by saying that I never expected to be a millennial therapist when I entered the field of psychotherapy 10 years ago. But five years into practicing, I began to notice an influx of millennials seeking my help. Now, 90% of my patients are between the ages of 23 and 38. The rest are mostly parents of millennials. So according to this person, I would be a millennial because I'm 35. Um, so I'm a millennial by three years in this case. As a Gen, gen Xer, I've heard all the millennial stereotypes. They're lazy, entitled, self-centered, oversensitive, unprepared. But after studying and getting to know them, what I found was a rising generation of smart and highly ambitious individuals, which I would agree. Like I said, I know a lot of very, very ambitious people that it would be considered millennials. And in this case, I would like to think I'm ambitious because um, here I, I, I made it as a millennial by three years. They're empathetic, diverse, and eager to make a social impact. But there are also many anxieties that hold them back. So the next big bolded headline, the biggest millennial complaint. On any given day, a handful of millennials will come into my office and express their most pressing concerns. I'm worried I'll never make enough money to retire. I feel like a failure. I don't know if I'm setting up my adult life the right way. But the complaint they bring up the most, I have too many choices and I can't decide what to do. What if I make the wrong choice? Yes, decision fatigue is a real thing, especially in today's world where we are overloaded with information and have an immense pressure to succeed. There are so many big life decisions to make. Who to marry, what career path to take, where to live, how to manage our money, and so many options. So think about that, so many options, so much stuff out there. And first off, I, that, that makes total sense. The, the internet, so awesome. Don't get me wrong, I'm not here to complain. But circling this back to sometimes too much information is just, well, too much. Why is it too much so? Well, what I found to be true is, and, and, and this is I think where the anxiety comes, is when, you're, when you're, you have so much information thrown at you and then you see conflicting information sometimes or different opinions of information, um, and sometimes it's just flat out bad information. It, it, it's wrong. Like it's, it's, not a, it's not an opinion that, okay, everybody's gonna, no, it's just that's not true. But when you're new and you don't know what you don't know, then you have no idea what's bad information. You have no idea what's an opinion. You have no idea how to form an opinion on anything because you don't even know if you're forming your opinion on the right thing. And that is a very stressful inducing situation when you have all this information, all this advice, all this, you know, just facts, opinions. Is that a fact? Is that a good opinion? Is that a bad opinion? Is that even real all coming at you? So from the, the world of trading, well, well, yeah, that's why people fail going down the free information route because there's just so much stuff out there and when you knew and you don't know what you don't know, well, 
all, for all you know, you're, you're, you're learning from something that's maybe partially true or you know maybe it's 80% true, but that 20% in most things in life and especially in, in, in an active trading role, that's gonna get you, it's gonna get you in a big way. So I, can, I totally understand uh, that millennials are, are feeling totally overwhelmed because in this day and age, I mean, when I was growing up and in, in, in school, this was still when, uh, you know, it was dial-up internet, right? And ding, ding, like those were my days. So I, I and I, I didn't have a cell phone until uh, my sophomore year of college. So that was what, 2004, I think. And it was a flip phone. And I thought it was cool because it had like a color display on the flip phone. Um, so, I mean, I did not grow up in, in the, in the, in the sense of being able to pull out a smartphone like I can now and be able to watch movies and, or, you know, videos and, and scan and, or, you know, scan the internet and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I can only imagine now it's just, I mean, it's great. I, you're going to be having an argument with your friends and be like, well, let's see what the actual answer is. And you pull it up. But there is a flip side where I, I do see where these, uh, you know, the, the millennials, especially on the younger end of that scope would be, I don't know what to, I don't know where to go. And in fact, I was uh, on vacation, got to hang out with my brother-in-law, Mark, who's been on the podcast. He's the one who works out in Google. And we were, you know, we talked, and his brother, Will, was there too. And we were talking just, I mean, they were asking me questions. And we were just going back and forth about investing. And you could tell both of them are millennials too on the, on the younger end of the range, especially Will. And it's, like I said, I, this guy, I, I, from at least my personal experience, he's, he's nailed it. I mean, it's not like they were asking questions in the sense of, how can I be the laziest possible? I deserve this. Never once did they say they deserved anything. So there's no like entitlement attitude at all, like a lot of these stereotypes are, but they were questions like, you know, I'm kind of, how, how do I, you know, invest smartly? You know, I, I, how do I get to a place where I can retire, you know, uh, in, in a good, comfortable stock? Not in a, how do I retire so I can have eight Lambos, eight vacation homes, and eight private jets? Nothing like that at all. Just what this person described is, hey, just am, am I going to have enough money to retire? How do I get there? What, what choice do I make? So, I mean, we had some great conversations where I just, I gave them my two cents. And of course, they are, they are welcome to listen. They're welcome to, to pursue further. But I do give them credit for at least asking questions and you know going at it. Not that I'm the be all end all by any means. Um, the whole point being that, yeah, it, it, according to logic, they shouldn't, they should not be overwhelmed. They should not be asking me any of those questions because, well, there's free, it's all on the internet. Well, yeah, but the internet's a big, big place. And I mean, it's, so I can see why that's the biggest complaint. Uh, let's see. So, uh, so picking back up here, while having an abundance of choices might sound appealing, studies have found that it often causes us to feel stressed and overwhelmed, as we just talked about. In modern emerging adulthood, a term that psychology professor Jeffrey Jensen Arnett defines as the period between the ages of 18 and 25, when many directions remain possible and very little about the future has been decided. Delayed choices ultimately leads to confusion about one's identity and purpose in life. So the next big bolded headline, how to deal with too many choices. In his book, The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less, psychologist Barry Schwartz argues that the more choices we have, the more likely we are to anticipate regretting our decision later on. Schwartz says that, there, says that one of three things is likely to occur when young adults are faced with too many choices. Number one, they make poor choices. Number two, they become more dissatisfied with their choices. 
And number three, they become paralyzed and don't make a choice at all. And I, 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 me personally, I would argue probably number three is what I, what I see a lot in my other business where people, you know, they, 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 or they, they just buckle up and they never make a choice. Or unfortunately, it's number one where they just make poor choices because when you're new and you don't know what you don't know, it's very, very possible, especially in, in some of these sleazeball areas out there that you can make a, a poor choice. So going back to the article, here's the advice I give, I give to millennials who struggle with decision fatigue. Number one, address how you truly feel. Self-awareness is everything. Now, I'm not gonna go through each of these, but self-awareness, yes, and I've talked about this time and time again on the podcast. There's nothing wrong with having character flaws. There's nothing wrong with not being good at something. There's nothing wrong with just not having skills in a certain area. That's fine, but at least be self-aware of it because when you're self-aware, and not only that, have the ability to put your ego aside and admit, you know, I'm just not very good at that, then that's fine. For me, I, I don't know how I ever became an engineer. I, I really don't. You would think I'm like, I love to go out there and work on engines and I'm, I'm, I'm super good at fixing stuff, but I'm just, I'm just not. I mean, can I? Yes. Will I? Yes. Do I enjoy it? Would I say that I'm actually good at it? No. I mean, and I'm defining good as being efficient at it. I can get it done, I can figure it out. But I, I mean, and I'll, don't judge me, okay? But my wife, like, my wife is just wired, like, oh, there's something that needs to be put together. Directions, chuck them off to the side, and the thing is put together in no time. And she gets that, like, both of her parents are very practical in that way, all their brothers and sisters are, I mean, it's just, so I think there's some genetics that go into this stuff, but point here being, I, I get it, I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware enough, I, I'm not perfect with the ego thing. Sometimes I still let my, you know, tough guy attitude get in the way. But in this case, I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. And I realize people will make fun of me. Wait, your wife? Yeah, in some case situations. But you know what? It gets done a whole lot quicker, which frees up time in the day to go hang out with the kids or do whatever. So, I mean, the older in life you get, the more you appreciate time, which makes it easier to put aside the ego if you know that by putting aside the ego, it's going to free up more time. So, I, I get it. And it makes sense when you're young and you feel like time is forever, then yeah, ego can get in the way. But I assure you, ego becomes much easier to put away when you, when you learn that by doing so, we'll free up more of your time. So number two here was identify your options. At this point, it's time to get serious and start brainstorming the choices you have and what outcomes they might lead to. For example, switching jobs could affect your salary, living situation, work responsibilities, or commute. Define the key factors of each decision and how they might affect your current situation. Maybe you need to take care of a sick family member and can't afford to take on a demanding job. And that's really good too. I mean, you gotta think through the situation and I get it. That's just the broad, what, okay, what, what, how do I think? What am I thinking of? Well, that, that was a very good description there. You gotta identify your options. What choices will certain things lead to? And you know, that can help narrow things down. And then number three, identify the things you can control which is very, very powerful, especially going back to the world of trading. That's one of the key things I preach all the time because in the world of trading, there is only one thing you can control. And I'm not gonna turn this into a trading podcast, but that's what I focus on is listen, we gotta identify the things you can control. That is one of them. So this one actually made me, cause I'm not a, I'm not a psychotherapist at all. So, but to see that this was number three on the list that you should be doing to help alleviate stress and like, okay, Clay, no wonder why you can actually teach people. No wonder why people that have taken your, your program have success because 
Believe it or not, Clay, you're doing what a psychotherapist would tell them to do. Um, and again, number three, identify the things you can control. Very, very, very powerful. Not only in trading, but I mean truly in life in general. If you can't control something, then you really shouldn't be focused on it or I, I mean, you, you shouldn't, I mean you should obviously acknowledge it, be self-aware of it, but you can't just you know let that be the, the main factor because well at the end of the day, you can't control it. Number four, make a decision, absolutely. Just make, you gotta do something. And we talk about this all the time. Uh, well, I don't have a mouse in my pocket, so I talk about this all the time. There is no, when I say we, I truly do feel like we're just sitting in a room and so we, and, and we're going at this thing we call life together. So that's what I mean by we. I don't look at my, I don't have like a bird sitting on my shoulder, a mouse in my pocket or anything. But yeah, we talk about that all the time here on the show. Just make a decision. You gotta get out there and you gotta do something. And then number five, which I also think is uh, you know fantastic, and I, number three rolls into it. So remember, number three was identify the things you can, uh, you can control. And if you know that you can't control certain things, well then, number five says embrace the uncertainties. So he says, I often tell my patients that it's okay to worry or feel uncertain, provided that you don't allow it to take over your life. The only right path is the path that feels right to you. You might accept the new job and realize it wasn't a good culture fit or that there were far more responsibilities than you were prepared to take on. You won't always get it right the first time, but when you embrace and accept your mistakes, you become a lot smarter, wiser, and more confident about the choices you make in the future. And that, that is very true. In some other, in trading, for example, not the best, and the reason I say that is that mentality uh, because trading takes money, right? And money is a finite source, meaning you don't have a bunch of it. So you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, that mistake was a learning lesson. Oh, well, that mistake was a learning lesson. Because if you make too many mistakes, or really, depending on the mistake in trading, all your money could be gone. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh. But in this situation, more of a, a practical life setting, I get what he's saying in terms of, if you get a job, you don't quite like it, okay. What, what don't I like about it? What would I like? What do I think I would like? And then from there you can move on. But it's not like that mistake, is just, that's just a mistake of income. It's not a mistake that's actually losing you money or anything like that. Um, but at the end of the day, just realize that you're not gonna, it's not gonna be perfect. So don't sit there and you know, kind of lollygag around and not make a choice because nothing ultimately uh, you know, works out for you in that sense. But all in all, I thought this was very fascinating. And you know, a lot of, some of these, you know, therapists and stuff like that. I don't necessarily agree with them, but this person, I, I gotta say, I, I'm, I'm quite impressed and I, I, I agree with what they've gone through. And um, again, I, I have more of a backdrop of experience with a lot of this stuff from a little angle of the, the, the trading in my other business. Um, but what this person is recommending, I mean, I, I will actually, I, I plan on probably doing a, using this article for a video on my other, uh, for the other business because there are just so many things about, I mean, there's some good science here about why do so many people fail at trading when there's so much free information out there? And this article does a great job of explaining that. Um, so like I said, um, I really enjoyed this. I thought the, the author did a good job and I thought the, the science here made a whole lot of sense compared to what I've seen out there. But at the end of the day, you gotta get out there and just do something. And it's okay, it's not the end of the world if maybe you don't make the right choice, but you gotta be as smart as possible about it and really, you gotta you gotta find somebody that you trust. You gotta find somebody that you get a good feel with, and then you know 
go with them if you want them as your mentor. And I suppose I'll turn this into a sales pitch in a, in a way. For example, this is the Money with Clay podcast. If you're unsure with your finances or how do I build wealth? How do I just get my numbers? How do I just get my personal finances under control in the first place? And then I'll worry about building wealth. Hey, that, that's great self-awareness in and of itself. Sometimes you just gotta acknowledge, well, first let me just get a game plan in front and then I'll worry about building wealth. Then I do offer a course, uh, the Slab Money Method, um, that will walk you through step by step by step. So you can, you know, you can ignore all the other information out there that may be stressing you out. Well, this person says this, this person says, listen, if you like my mentality, if you like kind of the way I go about things, then I'd encourage you to check it out. You can, moneywithclay.com, again, the slab money method. And it's the, it, it's the stuff that I use to pay off $163,000 in debt. It's what I use to, I mean, I am debt free now. It's my wealth building strategy. I mean, it's all in there and it's how I uh, approach personal finances. And you know, in the big picture, building wealth so I can leave something for my family and kids because that's my ultimate goal is to not get to the Lamborghini status or anything like that. But I just wanna leave something behind. And this is not empty words like I always say. There's literally, it, the course comes with a one year, one year money back guarantee. And the guarantee states that, hey, if you do what I teach you, it's going to work. Now, maybe it's not necessarily gonna always be pleasant, but it will work. And don't worry, it's nothing like, and all you can live on is bread and water. That's not what it's, it's nothing like that, but it, it does work and that's why it comes with that one year money back guarantee. So if in this situation, you are stressed out about finances or how do I exactly be smart about my finances? How do I go about it the right way? Then I'd really encourage you to check out the course and uh, you know, yeah, give it a try. Like I said, if you do what I say, it's going to work and it's gonna really help with that stress because now you don't have to be getting torn in all sorts of different directions because I'm well aware of what many of the opinions out there and they're not, they don't all align. One person looks at debt one way, another person looks at debt another way, somebody else says this, then another person says that, and then the other guy or other gal says this, that, and the other, and it's just, what do I, uh, you know, and that's how you feel. Well, if, if, if you like my style, if, if you like the way I teach, you know, if you've been to the YouTube channel of Money With Clay or what have you and you just like my style, then let's go, I'll show you. I enjoy teaching this stuff, I enjoy showing it, and um, you know, my, my way works. I'm not saying other ways don't work either, but I, my way works, and like I said, the biggest way I can actually demonstrate that to you that I truly do believe in that is by offering that one year money back guarantee. So check that out if you want. Uh, in regard to the money, um, if, if that's your situation that you're kind of feeling stressed out about. But all in all, thank you for hanging out, like I said at the beginning. Feels good to be back, even though I never really went anywhere from your perspective, but uh, good to be back in the saddle and I'm looking forward to next week and I'll see you then. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. 
So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com, and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works. It truly does, and I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one-year money-back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.